listening to Real Estate News Radio with Rowena Patton. Let's join the broadcast already in progress. Good morning, Jacob. How are you doing today? I, I am doing all right. I'm feeling extremely intimidated. Oh, no. Don't feel intimidated. Uh, Why? Th- those numbers you just ran through, yeah. like, I, I'm a numbers person and I got lost. That, that's uh, impressive. Oh, very, uh, well, I don't want you to impressive. get lost. Which, which bit was confusing around it? Should I just do one county? Because they're all acting the same right now. Did... You're, you're, it's kind of like I'm, I'm out of my realm. You know, it's like I, I, I walked in with my baseball bat to a football stadium sort of thing, where <laughs> you're just completely talking a different language. Oh. Um, well, all this means yeah, it's, is... It's is... awesome. It's very impressive. Well, I hope it makes some sense, because all we're looking at here is a new listing is a new home for sale, right? So if if you live at 100 Main Street in Buncombe County and you put it on the market right now, that's what we call a leading indicator, right? How many of those homes are coming coming on the market? Because if people are nervous about where they're going to go, they don't put the house on the market. If people are nervous about the house they're going to buy next and how we're going to be able to afford it, they don't put the house on the market. And then the supply is very low. So it's supply and demand. When the supply is very low, sellers can ask anything they want for the houses. That's why we've been in this. Well, okay, I'm exaggerating. But this is why we've been in this seller's market for so long. Sellers are getting these crazy prices because there's nothing out there. You know, there's nothing available. The supply is very low. What I'm showing you by these new listings figures is showing you the competition to your home. That it's gone through the roof. Haywood and Henderson, we've gone up 30%. Buncombe County, we've gone up 20%. So there are 20%. Our supply chain has gone up by twenty percent. That's going to hit figures over time. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you bring bring it back to supply and demand, and I'm right on the same page, and it all makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow. And, and the demand is the same thing, right? So now we're getting more homes on the market over four hundred thousand. That's the important thing. So the media out there, the common narrative with agents and people is that, oh, it's still a seller's market. We're going to be fine. And then Forbes came out about two months ago and said we're heading towards a severe recession end of this year, early next year. Then we had Bank of America follow and a lot of people saying we're going to be going into recession. That's normal. It's a seven to 11 year cycle. There's nothing abnormal about that. You can blame the government or not blame the government. This cycle still happens. Sometimes it, it, it um, you know. Uh, because of the administration, our cycle got longer this time. We we stayed in, uh, you know, a better economic realm. And then we when we switched, uh, we started to go down. But it is normal, 7 to 11 years. We're going to see houses go up, houses go down. We're going to see the stock market go up, the stock market come down for 7 to 11 years. That's the important one. So when we look at greater supply, right, so we're, we're seeing a greater supply. The line's going almost straight up for Haywood County and Henderson County for Buncombe County, it's a little more gentle, but that line has been going up for a year, over $400,000. And the the recession in housing, or it's not a recession in housing, it's a lowering of prices, right? And often an increase in interest rate because of inflation, if we have inflation. Of course, this time around, we do at a 44-year high, which is a real problem. It's probably our biggest pro- problem out there. So then when we look at demand, we are looking at showings per listing. That's how many people are looking at a house. And frankly, how desperate are they to buy it? So is that 12 showings and then the house sells at 100 Main Street? Or is that two showings? Well, guess what? All those lines are straight up too. It's taking more showings 
to um, to sell the house, which means that demand is slowing down a little bit. And the figures in terms of the prices that we're seeing, oh, it's going up, going up, going up. Mm, guess what? They're all flat. I can show you those two. So in, in both Buncombe, Henderson and Hayward. Now, in 90 days time, when those new listings actually go under contract, then it takes six weeks for us to get the figure that they sell at, right? We're about 90 days out. So we've got, if the, the bottom line is, if you've got a, a home that's priced in the 300s, 400s or up, especially as you go up way above that, the line just gets more vertical, sell it now. You've got a 90-day window before your price starts getting hurt. So, okay, so are you, you kind of saying that we're a little bit behind the curve on our information, yes. so we may be farther along to that peak than we already knew? So even though this is what we're looking at now, you know, you might already be too late if you haven't done it, put your house on the market. You're actually not not too late because we don't have the media screaming about how house prices are going down right now. And most people think it's still a seller's market. And a, and a lot of perception is what creates a market. You know, when people, when somebody in the yeah. stock market starts right. selling off, all the other people go, oh, it must be time to sell off, whether it's right or not, frankly. Perception creates a lot of the market. So the figures that I've shown you prove that at least in that last year period, more and more and more showings have gone up. In other words, the, the supply has increased. I'm also showing you showings per listing that is proving that over the last year, this is over 400,000. That's the critical one. Most people just go all figures, right? So if you're looking at, I don't know, $200,000 houses, it, it, what on earth does average mean? A $200,000 house is nothing to do with a $400,000 house, and our average is 425. That's why I did it above this line. And it start, the prices start creeping uh, down at the top. The million-dollar houses go first, the 900 next, the 800 next, the 700 next, and it creeps all the way down. You're not too late because um, we're still getting, we're still getting uh, multiple offers, less multiple offers than we were. But I, I'm the canary in the, in the coal mine right now. I'm ringing that alarm bell. Actually, if I were the correct canary in the coal mine, I'd be clinging on with one foot at this point because there's a lot of gas in the coal mine. And I'm, do, you, do you know that phrase, the canary in the coal mine? Yes, yes, very, very Okay, familiar. so just for those um, of you out there, no. there that don't know that, uh, the coal miners used to take a canary down in a little cage, and um, when if there were gas in the coal mine, the canary would die, and he dies pretty quickly, way before a coal miner would die. So um, maybe I don't want to be the canary after all. Go ahead, Jacob. No, you, you, you don't want to be the canary, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're useful. Um, so... Amazing. Um, should should I talk about hemp building stuff? Abs please do. Absolutely. Hemp Creek. Let's oh, talk about right. Hemp Creek. All right. So uh, my name is Jacob Waddell. I'm from the U.S. Hemp Building Association. Uh, we're trying to push forward hemp building materials into the market. Um, I, you know, from the, the flavor of the show and kind of get, get an understanding of, you know, who's listening. We, we can go into some science details about these materials and how they work and how they operate. But really what we need to start be, to be looking at and thinking about is green building and um, a green market in the building industry and the residential industry uh, moving forward. Uh, we're seeing a big push from the government to try to get to net zero buildings. And this is unrealistic unless you have carbon negative items to make up for the carbon positive items that are 
going to be required in a building. Um, and hemp concrete is one of the few carbon negative materials that you can put into a house and um, really make it a healthier environmental place. So I guess the pitch here is as we get farther down this ecological pathway, um, keep your eye open for green buildings and the green real estate market. Absolutely. And if you if you Google this stuff, if you're at home, hempcrete, it looks like cinder blocks, correct? looks like big gray blocks that are a little bit thinner than a cinder block, the hempcrete. What does it look like? Okay, so different methods and different out, outputs. What you're looking at there is a hemp block. Um, you can also have panel forms, and you can also, like, form it in place, like in the framing. Ooh. Um, so it looks like a almost, uh, when it's wet, it's like almost like mud and sticks. You know, it's like these are aggregates in in like a lime, but they're like, you know, woody aggregate. And um, and then you can pack them in and then they dry and they become hard like stone. They're they're part lime or majority lime um, in traditional hempcrete. Um, and yeah, so you basically create like a stone wall. So um, I know, yeah, I just had somebody text me to say um, the well, they posted on the Facebook te- page. Do you get high in a hempcrete house? <laughs> we might start no. to cra- well, we um, might start to craze here, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I I hate to disappoint everybody. <laughs> you will not get intoxicated at all by the house. You actually be less polluted because normal housing materials are off-gassing things, and you're going to remove that off-gassing, so you're going to have less chemicals. Um, and by that, we mean when we put carpets house. down. Most carpets put off a gas, even paint does, um, you know, all kinds of things that you use in a house. Paint does. Yeah. Linoleum's yeah. one of those Walling good ones, system, right? Like and for the older people uh, in the, for the older people in the audience, uh, linoleum is one of those interesting materials that, that yeah. um, is, is made of natural materials that your kids can crawl around on. So grandma's linoleum, that is not today's vinyl. That's a very different uh, material, but grandma's linoleum, which, is, has actually become very popular again. It's a, it's a lovely material. It's also one of those materials that, that uh, your kids can crawl around on and you don't have all those gases coming out. And um, the interesting thing for me, Jacob, when I started looking this up, is that Asheville is like the epicenter of this. I had no idea of hempcrete houses. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the first permitted U.S. homes were in Asheville um, in 2009. Um, Things have developed and changed since then a little bit in the country, but um, yeah, that's that's the kind of the hub for you know American building in a way. And I guess we are kind of cool and hip here, so that kind of makes sense. But guys, you yeah. got to see these. Well, Just Google Hempcrete House in Asheville, and you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed at what these things look like. And you're going to have to give me if you have any contacts for the owners of these. Um, uh, give me the contact for them, Jacob, uh, another day, and we'll get them on the show because they are. Just fascinating. I don't have the contacts, but I will tell you that one of them didn't go for sale. So one of them is at least on a second owner. So I don't know exactly what that transaction looked like, but that might be interesting stuff um, to see how that went through. Did that affect the housing price? Um, I'm not sure it would be good or bad because people probably didn't understand it enough to quantify, you know, a value to it. but 
that would just be interesting to me, just the market analysis. I was just doing, um, um, yeah, I'm so, looking for it right know. now. <laughs> yeah. <I'll go. laughs> yeah, no, I'm putting hemp, um, I'm putting, yeah. apparently there's lots of hemp hill. Of course, you know, we, we have to say, guys, we, you know, we, we are in Asheville, so you'd expect that. Can you believe that when I type in hemp, and this is the entire Charlotte uh, MLS too, we've got Hemp Hill Street, we've got Hemp Hill Road. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, well, I wouldn't... Know, those, are, those are the signs of history. Yes. Because when you see the, the word hemp in there, it's because hemp used to be grown all over this country. And that's why those, that word's prevalent in streets, in names of cities. Like, it, it seems weird at first, but it's not like they renamed the street recently. Right. Well, what, what were we do, Jacob, you said we were growing it years ago all over the country. What were we doing with it then, if that's not, not, not a dumb question? I mean, other than people smoking no, it. it, but... it no, it wasn't being smoked almost at all. Uh, it was primarily used for cloth, um, ropes, clothing, canvas. I mean, the word canvas is from cannabis. Because that's what people use. Sales oh for gosh. boats. Those were all made from from the cannabis plant, like from the, the fiber side of it. Wow. Honestly, it, that when, when we look at the illegalization, a lot of people point to the fact that it was competing with cotton. So cotton had an interest to get it out. It was competing with wood and paper. So wood had an interest to getting it out. It was competing with, like, if we didn't have plastics, we wouldn't have nylon, which was really the only option to replace hemp rope. So without the development of polymers, we would we couldn't have stopped using hemp because hemp is such a strong natural fiber that it was used on critical aspects of materials that needed strength. So as usual, modern materials came in and pushed out something that was natural and very strong. And now we're using modern materials with hemp, like hempcrete, for example, to bring it back, it's, it's really interesting. I actually had no idea that it was grown all over the well, country and used for such. Yeah, there's there's stuff like it, the draft of the Constitution was on hemp. Um, you you had to you had to grow hemp at certain points in this country's history. You of course have like in um, World War II effort, there was hemp for victory, which basically we we had to legalize hemp um, because of these you know economic and and social or political reasons and then we were getting all from asia and then we went to war with asia and we suddenly didn't have the supply we needed for all these critical materials that needed strength so we had to grow hemp domestically and then the war ended and it became illegal again and you know the push continued if Um, only we'd learn these days to do more things at home instead of be importing it from abroad we might be able to be self-sufficient whether it's hemp or anything else uh, that is fascinating. I had no idea. Wow. Absolutely. So, so how can yeah. people find out? What, what does your organization uh, exist for, Jacob? So so what's your business model? What are you out there for? And how can people get in touch with you? Okay. So we are the U.S. Hemp Building Association, and we also have that's the 501c6 uh, members association. We have 501c3, which is a charitable donation, uh, which is um, U.S. Hemp Building Foundation. We're there to kind of set up this industry and kind of mush, move this forward and push it forward. Most recently, we got recommended for approval for the IRC uh, residential codes. Um, we're preparing in two years to go for the commercial codes. Um, in this country, we have not been using this material, but they've been using it in Europe. So we have a long history and you know we can see the past 30 years that 
how they develop and how they, these homes have been successful. So we're just trying to move it into this market. Uh, we're working on standards for quality controls and components. Um, right now, we're working on educational materials. I am making cartoons. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, we're really there just to try to make people aware and realize this option's out there. And when people, like I said, this environmental stuff, whatever side you lean on, you know, that's that's the way that it seems like things are going. Um, and we all need to be prepared for a developing market. And this is a key to that developing market. Got it. And you're national, correct? We are a national organization. Uh, I I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We're, we're based out of Colorado and we have um, a board of directors and seven board of directors in like six different states. So wow. all over the place. Wonderful. Okay. And repeat your website again so people know how to get hold of you. Uh, USHBA.org, O-R-G. So you, uh, in U.S. Hemp Building Association.org. Wonderful. USHBA. Hey, thank you so much for spending yeah. a few minutes of your Saturday morning with us. You go and have, I hope it's beautiful in Nashville this morning. It, it is beautiful out here, and there's a concert in the afternoon that I think I'm going to go to. So it's, it's a beautiful day. What's thank you con- so much, Rowena. Of course. Yeah. What's the concert? There's a, a Nashville Helping Nashville um concert in the park and the last band is doing neil young con- like oh covers, so. wow gosh i'm a little bit envious um however we do have the beautiful weather here today so enjoy those concerts this afternoon and we'll talk to you soon i'd love to have you on to uh keep just exploring this new way of building jacob thank you so much thank you Rowena. talk to you soon don't let real estate pass you by with all star Rowena Patton here at All Star Powerhouse. Sell it now. Don't wait. Call me at 828-333-4483. Don't let real estate pass you by.